Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Everybody better be aware. We need to say that when it comes to the preachers, the teachers that we hear in the pulpits, the ones that we hear on YouTube, Facebook, and all of the ones that people are ranting and raving about each day. Because we must be aware of the things they're teaching and listen carefully to what they're teaching because we do not want to be deceived, and we should not be deceived as believers in Christ. So, what brings me here today to share this episode with you and to start the podcast off this way today? Well, it is because of a man named Francis Chan, which many of you probably have heard about in the past. Many of you have probably listened to, read the books. One of his most popular books is Crazy Love. Uh, He was a pastor, I think it was Cornerstone in uh, somewhere in California for a good while there, uh, and, and seemed to be really solid in his theology in his earlier years. And he left the church. He stopped pastoring. And and, and to be quite honest with you, I, I, I didn't keep up with Francis Chan after he left his church, so I'm not real sure what he ended up doing. But what I do know is that I was going through Facebook today, like all of you do, and Some of you would say, please stay off Facebook, and that's probably some wise counsel there because there's a lot of stuff on Facebook that just gets you all kinds of riled up and nervous if you're not careful. So I was doing what we all do is looking through Facebook, and I came across someone that shared the the latest from Francis Chan, and he is passionately speaking about the Holy Spirit indwelling the life of a believer is what it comes down to. Now, we're going to listen to the clip, and many of you have probably already heard the clip. If you have, then you know where we're headed with this. But we're talking about being aware of the people that you hear in the pulpits, and this goes for your pastor as well. And I tell my people this all the time, that don't just take my word for it. You're called to test what I say against the Scriptures. So go home and study and make sure what I'm telling you is correct. So we need to not do that with uh, uh, the Todd Whites and the Francis Chans of the world. We need to do that with our own local pastors as well. But definitely, when we see these things pushed out on a large scale across social media and, and YouTube and different things like that, we need to be careful to understand the doctrine and theology that's behind what they are preaching or what they're teaching. So when Francis Chan here, and I'm going to play the clip here in just a second, he is talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me just go ahead and, and play this, guys. This is, uh, this is the latest from Francis Chan. Let's take a listen to this together, and then we'll kind of talk through it. He died so that my soul could be cleansed, so that my body could become completely clean, so that His Holy Spirit would enter into me. And just like I wouldn't dare ever refer to Jesus as just an ordinary guy. None of us would. Are you kidding me? He was a man and somehow he was God all at once. You can't call him ordinary. But don't you understand? That's what he's saying about us now. Like right now, you're looking at a person who is not just a person. 
somehow God is in me and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. His spirit dwells inside of me. He died. Let me start this. Let me, let me go back here. Did you catch what he said? Let me back it up and let's listen here again. Somehow God is in me and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. That is the troubling statement that I heard from Francis Chan. Somehow I'm like God and man at the same time. Now, he, he did make some true statements. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit does come upon a believer, lives inside the life of a believer. You have the power of God, uh, the Holy Spirit indwelling the life of a believer. We see that. We know that Jesus talks about the Comforter. And a matter of fact, let's just look at Ephesians chapter 1 together real quick. Uh, we'll just start in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, In him, which is Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Everybody said amen to that. Verse 12, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Then verse 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This inheritance is eternal life with Christ. This is glorification, this inheritance that we have that we patiently await. We wait for it. We long for it. This inheritance that we've been given as we have repented of our sins and trusted in Christ. Now, we have been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. This is uh, where we see that the, the Holy Spirit indwells the life of a believer. And we also we see Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 26, which says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So here, Jesus talks about the Helper, the, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit that will come after he departs. For those that repent and believe in Christ Jesus, we're sealed with the deposit, uh, this guarantee, this Holy Spirit. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that will help us, uh, convict us, that will bring, uh, bring forth uh, the Word within our hearts as we've read it and remembered it and we understand it. He helps us understand the Word of God. But nowhere in the passages of Scripture do we see that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit makes us like God and man simultaneously, because that's who Jesus was. He was the God-man. I love how R.C. Sproul said it. Instead of saying he was fully God and fully man, which he was, R.C. Sproul said he was truly God and truly man. Now, Francis Chan here is really saying some troubling things as he's talking about being like God and man at the same time because he is a believer that has been in, uh, has an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And that is not what the Bible teaches. We see just in these few passages of Scripture that I read to you just now that nowhere in Scripture, and, and, and I will give it to you. I will put it over in your court. I want you to test the spirits. I want you to test what Francis Chan has said and even test what I say. I want you to take the whole counsel of God and find somewhere in there where we become like God, both truly God and truly man, simply because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Bible doesn't teach it. I don't believe you will find it. 
This is very dangerous. This is a heresy. To, 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 to anything that would say that we are a God is heretical, and we should consider it um, garbage, to be honest with you. But I talked about on the episode yesterday when we started talking about Todd White and, and repentance and things like that. Here's what we should do with Francis Chan. We shouldn't just write him off and call him a quack and call him a heretic, which uh, this is dangerous. This teaching is dangerous. Hopefully he will come back and correct what he said. Maybe he was just in the passion of the moment saying it's like he's God and man. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know how you confuse that because you're not God and you're not man. I mean, you are a man, but you're not a God man like Jesus was. That is uh, just not true when it comes to the Scripture. So hopefully uh, hopefully Francis Chan will hear the backlash and hear this uh, kind of coming across social media, and, and hopefully he will uh, tell us what he meant to say, what he did not mean to say, something like that. Hopefully he'll repent and seek forgiveness for, for comparing himself to Jesus as a God-man because the Bible does not teach that we are gods. This is flirting with word of faith heresy where Kenneth Copeland and those men believe that because we're saved, we become like God or become little gods. We are not little gods. Matter of fact, we, let me just say, we do make ourselves a little G God sometimes because we want to receive the glory for different things, and we violate God's commandment not to have any gods before him. So when we do make ourselves a little G God, we have then sinned. We have sought the glory above God, and we have become our own God, and therefore we have sinned, and God calls us not to do that. He calls it sin, and we will be uh, corrected and disciplined as his children when we sin in such a way to make a God before him, even if that God is ourself. So we do find that the Bible teaches that man wants to seek glory. Man is seeking nothing but glory for himself, nothing but anything that makes him feel good. He's seeking after worldly pleasures, and he cares nothing about God. We see that in the Scripture. But when we become a believer and we put other things before God or even ourselves, we make ourselves little g-gods, that's sin. So the Bible is clear on that. The Bible is not going to say anywhere that you look that you become like God or a God or a little g-god when you repent of your sin and trust Christ. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing because it is the third person of the Trinity indwelling every believer everywhere, all at the same time, helping us, convicting us, comforting us, helping us understand the Word of God. It doesn't make us God or like God. If you were to go back to Philippians, you would see that Jesus didn't even think equality a thing to be grasped when it comes to God as the second person of the Trinity. So we even see Jesus say this. So what makes God think or, or what makes us think that God is going to make us like God's? Now, this puts us on a, a, a level playing field with Jesus if we become like a God or like Jesus or a God, whatever the case may be. This puts us on a level playing field, and this is not biblical Christianity. This is why doctrine matters. This is why theology matters. Your view of God matters because your view of God is going to allow you to either say, no, we will never be like God. We will be glorified one day. We see that in Scripture, absolutely. But we will never be like God on this side of eternity because God, the God-man, was sinless. He was perfect. Yes, he was truly man. 
but he was also truly God, which means that he could not sin. He did not sin. He was the perfect sacrifice. So if we look at Francis Chan's life, yes, he may have an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but he is still a fallen man on this side of eternity. Now, if Francis Chan is a brother in Christ, if he has repented of his sins and trusted and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, then he will one day be glorified in and with Christ on the other side of eternity in heaven. But until that happens, he's still on this side of eternity living in a fallen world, and he is a fallen man that is still sinful. I've said this before, that sanctification doesn't mean that we're going to be sinless, but it does mean that we will sin less. So even as sanctified as he can get on this side of eternity, he's still going to be a fallen sinner in need of a Savior, just like you and I. So you and I may have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't make us like God because we are still fallen individuals that experience sin. We give in to sin. We give in to temptation. We, we, we do things that we don't want to do because we still live in this fallen world, but we do seek repentance and continue in faith following Christ. So we cannot look at this and say, yes, if you have repented of your sin and trusted Christ, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You are now a God-man or a God-woman. No, you are a filthy, wretched sinner still in need of a Savior. And praise God that there is an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that keeps you, that comforts you, that convicts you of that sin, that helps you understand the Word of God, that convicts you when you're living to please yourself in sin and draws you back and you repent and continue to follow Christ. Praise God for that. If we were a God-man like Jesus was, we would have no reason for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would not have to convict anybody of sin. We'd all be perfect. We'd be the God-man, and there's only one perfect one, and that is Christ Jesus. He is the only one that will ever walk this earth that has lived a perfect life. So we have to be careful when we listen to these guys, no matter how big their name is, no matter how many books of theirs we've read, no matter how many sermons we've listened to, no matter uh, what we've seen, heard, or done with these particular individuals, we cannot give in to every single thing that they say. I'm reminded of the media in the world that we live in right now. Many people are deceived and they're convinced that everything that CNN tells them is the God's honest truth. So they will follow this this narrative blindly, and there's many people out there that say, well, Francis Chan is a believer, Francis Chan is a good man, I have no reason not to believe what he says. They will begin to take on this identity that they themselves are a God-man or like God and man. And that is simply going to be a very troubled way to live. He cannot continue to preach this stuff. And if he does, he must be called on it greatly because this will lead others astray. This will deceive many. So we have to have men and women step up and declare the wrong from the right. So we have to put this before our people, before the people we know, and say, no, we are not God-men. We never will be, and the only way that we'll ever be is when we're glorified with Christ for all of eternity and when we're perfected in him. Then there will be no more sin. There will be no more sorrow, no more sickness. But until then, we are wretched sinners in need of a Savior daily. So be not deceived. Again, 
Don't call him. Uh, just don't throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Don't don't just throw Francis Chan into the heretical uh, word of faith camp or or any other kind of place just yet. Because we need to be praying for this man. We need to be on our faces praying for Francis Chan because he has a platform. He has a large platform. Maybe it's not as large as it once was. Maybe it's not as large as some others. But he has a platform, and this video has made the rounds many many times. So we must pray diligently for this man, that he would repent of this error and that he would continue to seek and follow Christ and honor God and all that he does and all that he says. So until then, be on your faces praying for Francis Chan. Don't throw him out just yet, but pray diligently that he would be saved, which segues into the second part of this episode. And for the second part of the episode, we're going to talk again about Todd White. Now, if you listen to the podcast from yesterday, you will know that we mentioned Todd White and his repentance that he uh, put forth on the stage at the end of July, and uh, we talked through that, what that looks like, and kind of the same deal is not to just say, oh, was his repentance real? Because only time will really tell because we can't really know for sure when somebody says they have repented if it's truly real or not, but time will tell the fruit that is produced or lack thereof will help us understand if that repentance was truly real. So we're going to talk about Todd White now because I've watched another sermon that really made me put my hand to my forehead and I just shook my head as I listened. The sermon is from August the 4th, I believe, and shortly after the, the repentance sermon that he came out with. And if you remember, if you listened yesterday, I told you that we need to be praying for Todd White and hoping this repentance is real. But as I was listening to this, as I get about the 11 minute and 30 second mark, things started changing a bit. I mean, he quoted some Leonard Ravenhill. I mean, he talked about Spurgeon again. But then he flips, and it almost seems like Todd White goes back to being angry Todd White, and he's mad at the American Gospel film and really just started throwing some stuff out there, and it began to become I, 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 I. Almost like what we just talked about is making ourselves the recipient of the glory, putting ourselves above the glory of God. So I got it here. Let's just kind of walk through this just a bit. And kind of listen to this. Now, I'm not saying that Todd White's repentance is not real. I still want to pray for Todd White, but uh, some of the things that you're about to hear that uh, that that I heard were really uh, kind of troubling. So let's just listen thank to this together. For these men of God and women of God, and I want to thank again. Also, there are a lot of people out there that have believed that I I'm deceived. Thank you for praying for me. I need it. I need prayer. To say that someone's wrong and to not get on your face and cry out for their soul, their soul, their soul. Because if I'm deceived and you're not crying out for me and you say that you love God, you're a liar. I would have to agree with uh, Todd White here that if we... Uh, think that someone is deceived, that we, we look at them and say, what a heretic. And listen, in the Reformed camp, it is a lot, it's real easy for a lot of brothers and sisters to really just throw them at the bottom of the theological heat pile because we believe they have it all wrong. We call them heretics. 
and uh, we kind of kick them to the curb. We don't care much about them because they don't believe what we believe and teach what we believe or teach what we teach. So uh, there are, in, in every camp really, but uh, it, there is a tendency to, to push people out of the way and not pray for them. So we need to be praying for the Kenneth Copelands, the Stephen Furtick's. We need to be praying for the Bill Johnson's, uh, for Todd White, Michael, all these people. Right, we need to be praying for every one of these people that we think or believe have been deceived. They're deceiving others. We need to warn people. We need to back it up with the true gospel of Jesus Christ, with the true word of God. But we need to be praying that God would save their soul. So I, I would, I would actually agree with with Todd White here. Because you actually, you actually hate me. If I'm going to tell you that somebody's deceived, but I'm not going to be one to go on my knees in vehement cries like Jesus did and cry out for them to see the truth, then I'm not a Christian. I don't love them, I love my opinion. I don't care who you are. You better, if you have a problem with somebody, you better be praying for them, not just, well, he's deceived and one day. Do you really want me to go to hell? Did you really want me to go to hell? Like, what if I died in the position that you thought I was? In your eyes, I'd have been in hell, but I'd be at the right hand of the Father with Jesus praying for you. See, here's the deal. Love looks like something. Love doesn't have an opinion. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Our God is an awesome God and he created us in his image and in the likeness of God, he made man. Man fell because of sin. Because of sin, but Jesus restored that which was lost. What was lost? Us. I am overtaken with gratitude for people that have prayed for me and have said, man, he's going off. They made a movie called The American Gospel about me. None of them called. First of all, The American Gospel movie, let's just say this, let's just get this out there. It was not about Todd White. And he continues to say this. You've seen the movie. Most of you have. If you haven't, the last time I checked, it was free on Netflix uh, to watch. The first part was. I would highly encourage you to watch it. It's not about Todd White. There are some Todd White moments in there uh, where they look at the the lengthening of the leg and different things like that. So uh, it's not just about Todd White. It's about the American gospel and how the gospel has been put out in such a watered-down false way, and it's backed up with the true gospel. So it's not just about Todd White, and he's about to say that uh, nobody reached out to him to ask him what he really believed, but uh, the director of the movie, I, I've seen emails that he has put out on social media where he reached out to Todd White on multiple occasions and was declined uh, and did not get a chance to talk with Todd White. So uh, it, 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 it was put out there that Todd was indeed reached out to, but uh, I digress. Let me Let me just push play here. Told me to talk to me, not one of them asked me to share my heart, not one of them asked me what I believe. They assumed and put me into a place of guilt because of association and friends like Bill Johnson or Kenneth Copeland. 
Now all of a sudden, Todd's the biggest heretic on the planet, or Benny Hinn. Shame on you for not praying for me and talking to me, but making a movie thinking that you're God's police. You're gonna stand before a holy God and answer for your life of judgment and hate, and it's called murder. Let me just stop here. Uh, This is kind of the direction it went. You can see that uh, there is some frustration there with Todd White. There is some animosity there. And yes, Todd and everybody else listening, we will stand before a holy God. And if we stand before a holy God and let deceptive teaching run rampant without calling it what it is, or if we let our brothers and sisters and uh, family members and friends be sucked into this deception, this theology that is wrong, this doctrine that is wrong, if we allow them to be sucked into that and to continue down that path, then we as believers who study the Word of God, who love the Word of God, who do whatever it takes to make sure that we are accurately handling the Word of God, if we don't call a spade a spade and when we see false doctrine, then we are in sin. We are letting our brothers and sisters and our family members and our co-workers and our, f- our friends and, and all the people that we know and love, we, we are letting them be deceived without saying a word. I, this is probably uh, really an elementary uh, way to think about this, but it, 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 it fits, so I'm going to say it. It's been likened to salvation before, so we're going to use it in this way of false teaching that can lead people to hell, right? So if you knew that the bridge was out, it's been it's collapsed, whatever, and there's a, a bus full of 100 people barreling down the highway, they have no clue that the, the bridge is out. Are you just going to sit by and watch that bus go by, and you know it's out, you've rolled up on it, you've seen it, you, you have backed up, you've reversed it, you've turned around... Are you going to let this bus full of people just roll right off that bridge and kill every one of them? No. I would say that you're going to be out of your car, out of your truck. You're going to be trying to wave this bus down. You're trying to get this thing to stop because you know the bridge is out, and that bus does not need to continue going down that path, or there is major destruction that's going to happen. The same way, I believe, we should be with false teaching, with false doctrine, with theology that is gross, that with this heresy. We should warn our brothers and our sisters. We should warn everybody that we know. We can do it in such a way that's not hateful. I will say that. I've seen a lot of hateful ways. It's been done many hateful ways of trying to call people out on their their theology and their doctrine, but we should definitely not be hateful in that, but we should be backing everything up with the true word of God. And the American gospel film desperately cried out that the American gospel as we know it, this word of faith, prosperity gospel, is not the biblical gospel. It is not a biblical worldview. So we understand that the American gospel film was done out of love to help our brothers and sisters. And and there's even people in this thing that were given to this sort of theology, that were in this word of faith, prosperity movement, that was saved out of this movement and God radically changed their hearts. He saved them. And they're in their interviewed, they're being interviewed in, in their path and their journey from that to when God saved them. One of the major ones that's in this film 
is Costi Hinn, which is Benny Hinn's nephew. If you don't know who Costi Hinn is, you should listen to his story. Matter of fact, the story is in the American Gospel film. Uh, he's written a couple of books. I've been able to hear him preach live and talk about these things. It's been amazing. I think he's got a podcast. He uh, There's so much to learn from Costi Hinn, but Costi Hinn was saved, and he realized the prosperity gospel wasn't the true gospel, so he left that lifestyle. And I say lifestyle because that's what it is, ultimately. It's deceiving people so you can live lavish lifestyles. There's no re- there's no wonder that these men uh, travel in the best jets. They live in, in, in the biggest mansions. They stay in the finest hotels. Uh, I think Costi talks in American in the American gospel film that they stayed, I believe it may have been in Greece, and I think it was $20,000 a night to stay on this hotel in this hotel in these rooms with and gold everywhere in the shower all these things it's crazy the things that he talked about that they uh, the way they lived it's a lavish lifestyle made by deceiving men and women into giving their money in return for blessings from God health wealth and prosperity so Costi Hinn is just a, a beautiful testimony along with all the others that are in there. Just a, a wonderful testimony of how God has saved by grace through faith and people have come out of that movement into a saving faith in a true biblical walk with Christ. And that's all they were doing when they talked about Todd White and his deception with the leg pulling and the, the quote-unquote miracles that he was able to produce in people and uh, just enough truth in his sermons backed up with deception, and then aligning himself with people like Kenneth Copeland and and Bill Johnson. It's important for us as brothers and sisters that we make sure the people that we align with are not heretics, that they do preach and, and, and believe the true gospel of Jesus Christ. They do believe the true word of God, the whole counsel of God, that they aren't preaching and teaching and promoting heresy. We have to be careful who we align with. That's even in our local level. There's been times as a pastor where I've had to turn down things because I would be standing shoulder to shoulder with the Word of Faith church and pastor, and uh, what would that look like to my congregation or our congregation to where we teach against this stuff, yet I'm rubbing elbows with them. I'm not saying that we can't love them, that we can't have conversation with them, but it must be gospel-saturated but we must be careful who we align ourselves with. And some of you may be thinking, well, that's a little harsh. Why can't you serve your community alongside of other denominations? And we can, as long as those denominations believe on the primary doctrines found in Scripture. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. So we can align ourselves with other denominations so long as, again, primary doctrines close fist, and we believe and agree on those. That's salvation, the virgin birth. Uh, salvation by grace through faith alone. It's not by works that uh, we don't believe in a health, wealth, prosperity gospel. So to say, well, why couldn't you just serve alongside or align yourself with these this this church for one day just for the greater good of your community or whatever the case may be? And I would say, well, that'd be almost like saying it's okay to go for me as a pastor in our church to come alongside the LGBTQ church in the area who has a transgender pastor and to say, hey, we're going to partner with you to serve our community, and the newspaper comes out, the, the news comes out, the people in our congregation, look, why are you aligning with what clearly God calls an abomination? So you, you'd probably change your tone. You, you probably wouldn't want to align with that church. So we got to be careful. We have to be really careful who we align ourselves with. And Todd White was getting really frustrated about uh, people throwing him in the camp with, 
Todd, uh, I'm excuse, sorry, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Bill Johnson, and that crew. Well, Todd White did it to himself, and that crew is known to be heretical and teach and preach false doctrines. So, I say all that to say this about Todd White. I, I kind of went down some, chased some rabbits there uh, for a couple of minutes, but I say all that to say this is I was very upset to hear him come back and be very aggressive and and have so much animosity toward the American gospel film and the people that say he's deceived after really seeing, showing what looked like to be a true heart of repentance and talking about the true gospel and the full gospel and all of those things. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, But still, believers, let's continue to pray for Todd White. Let's continue to pray for Francis Chan. Let's pray for all these other guys and even the ladies that uh, claim to be pastors and uh, they teach false doctrines, they teach men, they shouldn't do that. Uh, I, Joyce Meyer, uh, I'm even thinking of Beth Moore, how pastors are letting her stand in their pulpits and teach the Word of God to both men and women on Sunday mornings. And uh, that's another <laughs> another episode for another time. We won't get into that today. But I say that to say this, let's pray for these people. Let's pray that the Lord would um, convict them through the Holy Spirit Let's pray that they would be uh, open to listening and receiving and repenting of their wrongdoing and their false doctrine and, and, and heresy and their messed up theology. So I say that to say this again, all of this today, test the spirits, test Todd White, test everything he says to the scriptures. That's how you're going to see if this repentance thing is real or not. Test Francis Chan with the scriptures. Do whatever you need to do, but test these men. Test these people that you see. Test these people that you hear. Test, yes, your local pastor. And pastor, when you're tested, don't get upset. Don't get mad. It's all for the greater good and the glory of God. So we must test everything that we hear, and we must study to show thyself approved, as the Bible teaches, and pray for these people. That's about it. That's all I have for this episode. And I thank you for listening. Don't be deceived. Pray for these men and women. Until next time, God bless.